You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, episode 18. Woohoo! Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom, for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Hello, this is Kathy Dalton. We are so happy you're here. Today, we are talking with brothers Matthias and Marcus. They are originally from Germany and are the founders of Womb Bikes. And just really excited that we were able to connect with them. The founder and really innovator behind Womb Bikes lives in Austria, and we were able to connect with him while he was in Austin this summer. We're going to talk about being bike smart, but more than anything, I'm just really thrilled to share with you a company that is is passionate about the things that they do and that they have such a desire to help get kids outdoors and, and to create that next generation of kids that has a passion for for nature and being outside and, and learning. And I just love connecting with people that share that same vision We hope that you'll really enjoy what they have to say today and learn more about the great things that they're doing, but be sure to connect with them on their social media channels, and we'll include the links to all of those in our show notes, and you can find the show notes at goadventuremom.com forward slash podcast. Welcome, you guys. Hey, Kathy. It's uh, good to be here. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having us. So we've got some fun things that we're going to talk about today, but before we jump into all things bike-related, will you guys tell us where your favorite place to go adventure is? I'm living in Austria right now, uh, in Vienna, and uh, the whole country is just actually one big adventure. It has the, the Alps, Great Lakes, forests, and, and everything, so it's it's really a great place to be. I mean, riding a bike or hiking at the at the river at the Danube or... Being in the Alps, hiking, we do this very frequently with the kids, the whole family, you know, doing weekend trips, uh, staying in the cabin on 3,000 feet and just enjoying enjoying nature, sunrise and sundowns. And it's, 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 I love doing that, being outdoors with the kids. Also, wintertime, you know, snowboarding with the kids and it gives us lots of energy for the, for the work week. Very important. Yes. How about you, Matthias? Yeah, I can't really compete with uh, with uh, all of the excitement in in Austria. But uh, you know, I live in uh, my family, my my wife and my two kids. We live in Austin, Texas, and it's uh, you know, it's my son is five years old, my daughter is two years old. So we're 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 kind of a little bit limited as far as traveling is concerned. So we're trying to have our adventures here locally in Austin. And uh, one of our favorite places to go to is, uh, it's called Ladybird Lake. It's Town Lake. It's in downtown Austin. It's part of the Colorado River. And there's a three and a half mile loop that is very safe. You see a lot of runners, walkers, hikers, and also bikers. And so what, what I'll do is, I take my son with his, uh, with his womb bike and my two-year-old daughter in the Burley and we go head down to Town Lake and we'll go ride around and explore, you know, watch all the animals and the fish and, and go over the bridges and, and really try to be outside and, and have a good time. So it's really fun to do that. And that has inspired me to write a, a blog about the 12 best places to, to ride in Austin for kids. And so if you... Uh, if anybody of your listeners is interested and ever visit Austin, we'd be happy to give you uh, uh, the 12 best places to ride. And one of which is obviously the Ladybird Lake, which has a 
great trails to ride around with your with your kids. That's great. We'll add that to the show notes that we keep on the Go Adventure Mom site. So we'll we'll get a link from the, for that, and we'll be sure to include that. So I want to know if you guys remember your first bike. Well, since Marcus is the older one, I'll let him talk about his first bike because it uh, his first bike was also my first bike. So it was handed <laughs> down to me. Well, it was actually a bike that was much too big for me. So I still remember struggling riding around. It was a Bonanza bike. I'm not sure you know what or you're aware of what this is, but it's it's some crazy bike with a long saddle and it has some really high rising uh, handlebars and it had a shifter on it and a and a horn and a really funky looking thing. And I think in the U.S. we call those banana bikes. Banana, exactly, because of the yeah due, due to the saddle shape. So I had one of those, much too big, and I was uh, I remember I was crashing and uh, I was crashing a lot in the beginning. But <laughs> never gave up and. Well, I don't. I, I honestly don't necessarily remember my first bike. I I really do think it was my brother's uh, hand me down. But I do remember my first uh, bike ride. You know, my parents they just put me on my bike, and I, I remember up to this day exactly what happened. They put me on the bike. My dad said, "Go." I start pedaling. And I still to this day remember that green light pole that I hit after riding for about 10, 10 yards into it. And that's where my first ride stopped. And, and so I think it's a great, uh, great transition into bike safety because that's really an important topic nowadays for parents to how to teach kids how to ride and particularly ride and be safe. I remember we're looking at some pictures of my brother and I riding back in the days and, and we really we were jumping, riding BMX bikes, but we never wore any helmets. I mean, it was just uh, unheard of. And now, you know, that's the number one thing that, uh, that that's important is to protect your brain and your head. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a lot to be taken from that. We've definitely seen an increase, especially here in Salt Lake City, of bike trails and, you know, more bike lanes. And along with that goes a lot of education because, you know, similar to you guys, we see, you know, kids going to school and they're not wearing helmets. And I think it's really important to educate and to be that example also to our kids, because I think it starts in the home. I think it starts with us and wearing a helmet and making sure that everybody's wearing a helmet and making sure that you're wearing the helmet in the correct way. We have a, a little niece who she had her helmet on, but it was just too far back on her forehead. Yeah. And I mean, she had flipped over her handlebars. I mean, serious, serious concussion. It was, it was really, really scary. I think bikes can be, are, you know, they're meant to be fun. We want people to be outdoors, but I kind of think like the coolness factor and the safety aspect of it kind of needs to catch up. And I, I think that's also where womb bikes kind of comes into play with that because your design is very cool. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys got started. You guys grew up in Germany. You know, all of Europe is very bike friendly, bike lanes. I mean, everybody bikes to school. But tell us your vision and kind of that aha moment and how it all came together. I'd love to hear that from you, Marcus. So I was uh, I was sent by my company. I worked for General Motors. I was sent to uh, to Vienna to run the marketing of of General Motors in Austria. And uh, after a year in the job, I'm, I met this guy from the agency who says, "Oh, he." He would like to he would like to build great kids bikes, but he doesn't know how and, and or he doesn't know how to how to go about it. So we started talking, 
both got very excited as we were both very enthusiastic bike riders, obviously. And we both had kids about the same age. Back in the time, they were like two and four years old. I mean, so in total, my partner and I in, in, in Vienna, we have four kids. And we talked about then, obviously, that there's a niche in the market. There's, there's great bikes for adults. There's carbon. There's uh, all sorts of stuff. But uh, on, on the kids' bike market or on the kids' bike front, there's not really anything that, that you could that you would feel good to have your kids ride on. I mean, stuff that was too heavy, stuff too clunky, stuff with bad brakes, uh, bad tires, bad components. So we kind of got, got started a little bit, and we, we made the decision: yeah, let's go. Let's let's try to let's try to change that, and let's try to make some great bikes for our kids. So we started for two years, meeting at night, coming home from work, putting the kids to bed. And then meeting really late hours, like almost every night from nine to twelve or so, and we just kind of sketch up this whole thing. His his background is industrial designer. He has some some background also in designing and developing uh, bikes. He's a bike expert, so to say. And um, my background was obviously marketing and, and sales, etc. This is where I came from. So two years into this, we had our first six uh, prototypes, prototype bikes, and uh, we said, hey, let's just give it a shot. We ordered all the parts from all over the world at the frames made in Europe in the beginning. And we just started this time also coming home from work, taking off the suit, kids to bed, I mean, dinner, uh, meeting up in my garage. And then we just started building the bikes ourselves. So um, this was probably the toughest time in the beginning where you have a dream, you have a vision, you have an idea, you have a great product, but you don't know whether this is going to fly or not. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the great ideas takes more than a great idea yeah? and it takes a good execution too. So we were building the bikes at night in our garage and it was really interesting when the first first containers of parts arrived, we had a bike show next day and we went to the bike show with our prototypes and we thought, well, let's just show this stuff to our public, to the public. And it was a small show in Vienna and uh, people said, well, these bikes are great, just I want one. And we said, ah, we don't have them yet. So uh, we had so many orders that first day that uh, we, we needed to go back after the show at night. You know, and we're building the bikes, I mean, literally throughout the whole night, brought them to the show next day and sold them to the people and we got some more orders. So, I mean, it, it really, we, we, we came off to a really great start. I mean, timing was good at the time. It was really a demand for, for quality or, I mean, in Europe, but same in the US probably. Right now, sustainability, people want quality stuff these days. And this is what, what really helped us. And we just it just took off from there. I, I quit my job after six months. It was a little bit of a risky venture, but um, we, we felt that this is really, that this has some potential or this had potential. And uh, we continue to work ourselves out of the garage into now a normal facility where you could actually have some people, you can invite some people for a business meeting now. So, but it's still, we're still not that big, still quite small. I love all things entrepreneurial, and I, I love that there was a passion, that there was an idea, but also that you weren't afraid to do the work. I think a lot of times we think, oh, you know, I'll just put it online and people are going to come, but it takes years and years to have an overnight success. And I, I think it's so great that you were able to start really small. I mean, start in your garage, you know, not afraid to, to work late hours and, and make it happen, but also that you took it to a small bike show. You, you took it to the right demographic and you got the, the feedback and you were able to get the orders. And I'd love to hear Marcus about your family during that time and, and your wife and did they think you were crazy or were they supportive or talk to me a little bit about what that was like. 
That's why I said timing, I mean, timing is everything. This was a big step for me to, you know, I mean, <laughs> resign from my company or, or, or quit my job, two little kids in school. And uh, some, I mean, not a high standard of living, but, you know, over the years, 15 years within a, within a large company and then kind of progressing on the on the corporate ladder a little bit, uh, kind of makes this venture even more risky in the end. Yeah? I, mean, I never regretted it, but without my, without the support of my family, I mean, you just imagine the guest room or the laundry room, the guest room, I mean, it had all frames and bikes all over it. I mean, we... Did you almost get kicked out of your house? Huh? Yeah, the landlord. Yeah, we, yeah. The <laughs> landlord actually. The landlord within the high season in, in spring. The landlord came and says, "Oh, you got to move out. You you've got to stop this." And I say, "I cannot stop this. This is now. This is. We have Easter. This is a high season. We're living our dream here." And he says, "Oh, I don't really care. Uh, you got to be out here within five days or well, six days." And I said, "This is impossible. I mean, we were just we couldn't. We didn't even have the time to move the stuff. I don't even, so." I said, yeah, come on, give us two weeks. And then after six days, he came and he gave me the, the letter of resignation for the house, right? So my family was living in a house that, so I just got the letter of resignation for our, for, for our family home by, by having this, by, by living this dream. And then this was, this was quite some difficult times, but, but to be honest, my wife is, she was, she went back to work to kind of support our, our startup because, um, it was obviously not bringing any money in, in the beginning. And the, the kids obviously loved it. They they came down when we built the bikes and when we had customers there, they were there showing the kids how to, how to, how to learn to ride the bikes and stuff. So they all loved it. I mean, I was always home in the garage. I was taking care of the kids in between building bikes and selling bikes and it all worked out really well, but it would have been impossible with the support of the family. Tell us a little bit more about the bikes. And I love that you're, co-founder had a background in industrial design because they are designed just, I mean, very beautifully, but give us more insight into the sizing of the bikes and how you came up with some of that and, and why that's really important. The look of the bike is a subjective, subjective thing. I mean, you, you like it or you not. They, they, we think they, they look pretty, but you know, this is in the eye of the observer, but what's important for us is that we just do kids bikes, that we're not a, bike manufacturer who also has an appendix of a couple of kids bikes that they treat with 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 let's say not the focus that that we do so we really we wake up in the morning we think about kids bikes we bring our kids to bed and then we go to bed and we dream about kids kids bikes so when you when you start doing these kind of things you you start off really to to go really really deep into the topic and then you start to realize that you cannot just shrink an adult sized bike down to five sizes and expect that this is going to fly Right. So, you know, you have in different age groups, you have different requirements of a bike. So a bike has to fulfill different purposes and needs to help a child at a certain age in a different way than, than three, four years later or down the road. So what's what I'm saying that the geometry of the, of the bikes is considerably different for the certain ages as kids have different, let's say, extremities and measurements of their bodies, of arms and, and legs from, from different ages going forward, right? They have shorter legs, a bigger head, etc. when they're small. So you have to take all these measurements into, into consideration when developing a bike. And what's for us very important, number one, is the geometry of the, of the bikes. Um, when you start out with, a, let's say, a three-, four-year-old, what's important is a low center of gravity, so a low bottom bracket. 
a low seating position so the weight of the kit is actually on the rear and not on the handlebar the handlebar should be there should be no pressure on the handlebar when the kid rides high handlebars is because it's important to have higher higher handlebars on the first two smaller bikes is that the kid is is watching ahead of them ahead of where they ride so it's not like you know when you stretch your arms the kid is looking down on the, on the street so you want them to be looking forward when they ride because you want them to detect any let's say obstacles and and, and stuff when when they do this and I have a three-year-old, so I can appreciate, you know, a lower, like having the butt on the seat, that lower sense of gravity, because I mean, he's looking around, he's, I mean, he's three. <laughs> oh, there's a bug, there's a rock, you know, <laughs> but being able to focus on, you know, just, just Ollie, just look forward. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're already, they're already looking all over the place when they, when they ride. So you, you at least want to try to have them, you know, pay a little attention to what's ahead of them. Yeah. We all know how this goes with three, four-year-olds. And then for for uh, little older kids, it's it's a little less important to have. I mean, they could be they can be sitting on the bikes a bit more aggressively. They still have a low center of gravity, of course, but you have a wider wheelbase, so they can take the bikes also a little bit off roading and and etc. So, and obviously different measurements of, of of the head tube. So the distance between the saddle and the and the and the handlebar can be a little longer at that age. I mean, some things that we, yeah, we're just trying to put these kind of, you know, focus on these things for the gears, for example, we just have one chain ring in the front. We don't have two to three because we don't, we don't want the kids to look down and, and you know, ride and, and, and look down and see what kind of gear am I in, you know, keeping it simple with eight gears. And these were the focus areas. And then obviously the second one is the sustainability aspect of it. We, we didn't want to make a bike that's just going to be in a dumpster after a year because the brakes won't work. So we really wanted to, at 1.1 kids in Europe, we, we really wanted to build a bike that, that's long-lasting and that has high-quality components on it. So the little brother or little sister will also be able to ride on that same bike. I, I love that, especially coming from you guys that are brothers. <laughs> and with you, Matthias, that would get the hand-me-downs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I think that that part is something that is a big change in paradigm that we're introducing in the industry is is that the bike can be used for, for more than one or two children. In fact, sometimes you, you know, it's getting handed down several times to, to the siblings as well as uh, nephews or nieces. And there used to be an old saying in the industry is that there, there is no used bike market for kids' bikes, okay? As soon as you buy the average bike from somewhere, it immediately depreciates. And, and with our bikes... Yes, you're paying a little bit more, but you do have a tremendous resale value uh, for that bike because of the quality of the of the of the material, the aluminum frame, and then of course the quality of the components. And if something does happen, you can you can easily exchange it. So that is something that we really have introduced here. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to communicate it, but I think that uh, really educated and smart consumers who do their research uh, understand it and get it. And then of course. You know, part of the uh, sustainability concept was, which I think is brilliant, is Christian and, and Marcus came up with the idea of upcycling. So the upcycling idea is where we as womb, if you participate in our, in our upcycling program, we will buy back the bike of the child that has outgrown it and it will give you, it will give you money back for the purchase of the bigger bike. And that's something that, that we can do because... Uh, we know that the quality of the bike is there 
and we have use for it as well. So I think that goes along with sustainability. And for me, that's a big argument, especially in today's today's world. We we don't want any bikes to go to to the dumpster. We we want we we can always do something with that bike, and we can always reuse it. And uh, and a little bit later, we talk about some of the programs that we support here in the U.S. to 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 help kids learn how to ride. And uh, we've initiated a lot of programs, and we're really proud of that. Well, and I can appreciate that. I, I'm a mom of three. Our our kids are ages nine, six, and three, so they're they're spaced out really well. And, you know, bikes, you can find some cheap ones at Costco and at Walmart, but they're going to rest, if, you know, over the next season and goes out to the landfill and we're just creating more waste. I think it's definitely something in our family that we're very aware of. We would rather buy something that's really quality, that's going to last through those, you know, three kids and, and pass them on to, you know, our friends and neighbors and, and have that confidence that, yes, this is quality, but also that we are helping to reduce our footprint just a little bit more by not creating stuff that's poorly made and that you have to replace three or four times over the course of what the life cycle of one of your bikes can do. So I I think that's really incredible. So I think we were talking about, we talked about the geometry and the sustainability. And and what was the third thing? I mean, the third thing, it comes actually with this with selecting high-quality high parts and aluminum frames, et cetera, and that's, and that's the weight. Yeah? And that's something that's not subjective. That's fairly, that's the objective feature that we offer is if you, we, we weigh, our bikes weigh probably, or not probably, our bikes weigh half, half of those bikes that you could buy at wherever at, uh, I don't know, at Toys R Us, for example, yeah, without you know, trying to put them down. But, and that's really a big issue. If if a bike, if you just imagine a kid, let's say a three-year-old kid weighs 15, 15 kilos, that's what, 30 pounds. If a kid weighs 30 pounds and the bike also weighs 30 pounds, that's for me a 160 or, or 180 pound bike that I'm riding. If I, if I calculate, if I translate that into an adult bike, right? So we want to have light bikes and we appreciate it. And we feel, we feel already two or three pounds on the bike when we ride it. But then again, on the kids' bikes, we give them material, or we give them we give them a bike that weighs as as much as the kid themselves, and then this definitely affects the way the kids ride the bike, the kids pick up the bike, the kids carry the bike, and you you can see a big big difference in the appreciation of the kit if if it is something if it is something light. So this is for us actually very very important because the kid will not be able to tell you, oh, daddy, mommy, this is too heavy. The kids just will not use it. They, they cannot define the problem. They cannot. They will not identify the problem of the weight right. of one of those bikes. They will just say, or they will just not see anything. They will just not ride it. Right, and then that, yeah. that's a huge. That's a tremendous. That's a tremendous uh, you know, opportunity for for us as parents because you know I have a five and a two year old, and I would I would like for them to be outside and be active. So whether it's bike or whether it's scooter, I. I like to get them really the equipment that that works really well and that they're enjoying because I, I don't want them to just go out and say, well, this doesn't work very well, right? And I've always say it's two things, right? It's equipment, number one, and then it's coaching, number two. So give them a, a nice light bike will will help tremendously. And at the same time, you'd also, as a parent, have to go out there and spend some time with the, with the child to, to, coach, to coach them and teach them you know, the best practices. But fortunately, nowadays, there's so much uh, tremendous amount of information available online, for example, where 
parents uh, have uh, tested our bikes or they're writing about uh, learn to ride and all these techniques. So that's really important. We, we want our kids to be active. We want them to be outside. And anytime I take my son out on a bike ride, he experiences something new. There's always something new that he learns and he picks up. And, and uh, so it's really great way to learn your surroundings and, and be active and, and, and get away from the, from the inside of the house. Matthias and Marcus are going to share three things that you can do to be bike smart when we return. With summer heating up, we'd like to encourage you to cool off by taking a hike up in the mountains. You can join the 365 Mile Challenge, and for every mile that you complete this year, you'll be entered to win great prizes. Check out 365milechallenge.org to sign up, and we'd love to have you part of our community. We're back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Our guests today is Matthias and Marcus. They are brothers and are part of a company called Womb Bikes. And we're really excited to have them here today. We're talking about biking and they're going to share three things that we can do to keep our kids safe while biking. Helmet is number one is super priority and it's, it's a must have. I think it's completely 100% a must, right? And the fit of the helmet also. I think what's, what could also be an, an, an issue on the safety side is, of course, is, is gloves would also help. But, I mean, I don't want to over, overdo it, but safety is very, very important. But the opposite is also, it's, it's also important to ensure the, the kid learns, learns to deal with failure also. So that the kids, I don't know, maybe this is a little bit the European approach. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to uh, sabotage this, this concept, but it's also important that the, kid just, that the kids can fall and that they can get up again. And yeah, so this is important. You should not as a parent, like super op- over, I'm not meaning, I'm not talking about safety equipment on the bike and on, on the head and, and the hands, but it's also important that the kids understand that they can also fall with the bike and the scratch is not meaning the end of the world. So for us, it's good that the, the kids learn to fall and stand up again and to understand that, that this is part of life. This, this is part of life, and it, it's, I think, important as, you know, a parent. I've been that helicopter parent, and I didn't want my my little boy, my little baby to fall and get hurt. And, you know, you realize once they fall and get hurt, they, they learn, like, oh, I shouldn't do that again. <laughs> yeah. So I, I agree. It, it, it's, it's hard to see your kids get hurt and in pain, and, you know, but I would rather have them learn those lessons now than, you know, when they're at college and you know they've never experienced what it what it, yeah to not have all that shelter and everything around so I I like that I like you know wearing a helmet and wearing your gloves but also saying you know what it's okay for you to fall and I think with that comes the ability to and the confidence to learn and and to get up again and to know that in life when you fall you can get up again and, and you can do those things so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I really like that. So talk to us a little bit about challenges. Have you guys had, what, what has been your biggest challenge? Who, who wants to start? Uh, I mean, I, I can talk from my experience. I mean, uh, here in the U.S., uh, we came to market a little over yeah two, two, three years ago. Our products were really well received and everybody likes and loves our bikes. Uh, and uh, we, we, uh, we are a small business. We are family-owned business. I mean, you have... Marcus is the owner, co-owner of Womb Europe, and I run the U.S. operations. So we're talking a family business. 
we have 10 employees here in the US. And so I think part of the challenges that we have is we we are small business and we try to grow and keep up with the demand of the bikes. So sometimes when when we run out of bikes or when parents love to have bikes for their kids or we don't have them in stock they might have to wait a couple of weeks or three weeks or four weeks sometimes and sometimes that's that's part that's my biggest challenge is is because i am as a parent i if i want something for my kids i i, I really want to get out and don't have to wait sometimes so that's a, a hard part about ex- explaining this to the to the parent that that sometimes we are sold out and we, we but we are doing the best we can to keep bikes here and have them available uh, believe me and and the one thing that i want to also stress is that for us customer service and and, and a happy customer is extremely important so anytime someone has a questions about anything we are here uh, in person to help them because we want everybody to has have a great experience, you know. Sometimes I I, I joke and I said, uh, you know, people call us and uh, they feel like we are this really big corporation. No, <laughs> there's one customer service person here, and he will do the best he can and anything in his power to make it right for you. So that's one of the one of the key messages. We're not a big big corporation. So these are all great challenges to have. I mean, I I really think for us or for me the most rewarding thing is to read about how parents have uh, had success with our bikes, how quickly it was for the 3-year-old to transition from a balanced bike into a pedal bike, uh, how the parent who has had trouble with his uh, child to ride a heavy clunky bike, how they gotten on a womb three and they were starting to learn within five to 10 minutes. And, 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 and so we are really uh, uh, making a, making a big, big difference there, I believe. And and that's something that's very rewarding. That's why we put the hours in uh, to really, to that, that, that makes it worthwhile. How about you, Marcus? What's been your greatest joy in this process? I think I must I must say that the greatest joy is that you actually get the feeling of making a contribution. I must say. I mean, to see the business grow, of course, and selling bikes is one thing. This is numbers, but just on social media or, or, or anywhere is you 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 have people sending you pictures of their kids riding the bike, and you can see bringing joy to the kids and kind of bringing them into, into riding their bikes and, 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 and making a contribution for the kids to develop a passion for bike riding. I think this is probably the biggest joy is if a customer calls and says, hey, I just want to call, just want to call a bit to let you know that your bikes are fantastic and we love your bikes. I mean, this gets me goosebumps right now. It then really makes a difference. And this keeps us going to, to see how, how we, we, I mean, I don't want to over, I don't want to overstate it, but we bring joy to people and especially to kids. And in these times where I see with my kids, how easy it is for them to sit there with their iPhones and, 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 and iPads and, and how they're being influenced by technology and that they come to me and said, Hey, daddy, come on, let's go for a bike ride. I mean, this is the ultimate joy where you can see your kids actually want to do it. And we support that kind of behavior and and that makes us feel really good. It just keeps us really going, I must say. I love that. I, I, I love that you're you're really building a community of people that that have a passion for getting their kids outdoors. I mean that's that's why I think we've come together is because we share that vision and, and we believe in partnering and supporting 
great companies like you guys and and that it does come down to, you know, vision of of helping to get that next generation of kids outdoors and and to create that love and and that desire to be outside. Uh, completely. So I'd love to learn a little bit more um Matthias, you mentioned some some things that you guys are doing to partner here in the US um with some different groups. Right. I I think, you know, Marcus is really a great inspiration for all of us. I mean, his his passion really is infectious and and so really for us it's one of those things where we want to actually do more than just uh, serve our customers with the best possible product and also give best customer service. So we have started uh, uh, several initiatives, larger scale initiatives to help kids who cannot afford to ride bikes, give them the ability to, to learn and have access to our, to our equipment. I think that We've done this early on, but now we've just announced a, a major partnership with a non-for-profit organization called Cycle Kids. And if you have a chance, uh, please visit the cyclekids.org website. Julie, who's heading up Cycle Kids, is an amazing person, and we have partnered with them to be the exclusive bike of Cycle Kids. And this has all started with a project we did in Helena, Arkansas, where we brought bikes and built bikes and taught kids about bike safety and helmet safety. And uh, it, it started, it initiated a, a one year long a biking nutrition program, physical activity program to bring physical activity into underprivileged and underdeveloped uh, uh, parts of cities. And so we working with Cycle Kids uh, very actively to support their programs nationwide. These are schools that get equipped with bikes all around the country. In addition to this, we've just launched a, a scholarship fund with a, a cyclocross organization here in Austin, Texas. Um, we constantly uh, sponsor and support races where kids can enter races for free because we pay for the race entry fee. We are partnering with an organization on the West Coast called Families of Color of Monterey County, who are very active in helping uh, underprivileged kids learn to ride bikes, learn to be on the balance bike and get started early. So that's a big, big focus of us to, to, to give back. And, uh, and so that's part of uh, my mission to do that. And so I'm pretty, we're pretty excited about this. So I think, I hope that you know, we can even scale it further because when we did this event with Cycle Kids, for example, we brought 40 bikes to over 250 elementary school students, and we made a big difference. And we saw them riding these bikes and being active. And, and you know, talking about goosebumps, I mean, that gives me goosebumps. And, uh, and that's really a very, very rewarding uh, part of the business. But we can only do that if we are successful, right? And But uh, it's it's really a, a fun a fun part. And I'm, I'm really just so excited to to be to be part of this. And um, I just want to want to share that with everybody. Yeah. Well, thanks, you guys so much. It, you're definitely an, an inspiration and love connecting with, you know, g- good companies that are doing great things. We'll encourage everyone to follow you guys on social media and share, you know, your fun 
bike memories with your families and your kids and be sure to tag us and, and we'll reshare some of those pictures too at uh, Womb USA. Uh, in closing, is there anything else you guys would like to add? If you go to our uh, website and you sign up for the newsletter, you will automatically receive uh, seven questions about kids on bikes. It's a blog that uh, Marcus and Christian wrote. Uh, it's obviously in English. We've translated it. Uh, it has a great, val great questions about what is the right age to get started on bikes. Uh, what are what uh, what are the best places to learn how to ride? What are the most important skills? How do I introduce pedaling? And uh, it also talks a little bit about what's important to keep it going and talks about some of the setbacks. So that's something that could be helpful for anybody who is either a trying to get their kids on bikes or, or and of course we have, we always post fun stuff at, at, at our social media handles. It's, it's at Womb Bikes USA. And, uh, and then there's also Womb Bikes from Europe. If you want to see how, where some of the kids in Europe ride, it's always cool to see them, see them over there. So we always have uh, good content to share with you. That's great. That sounds like a, a wonderful resource. And we're just so thankful that you guys would join us today, talk about biking, talk about your passion, and to encourage us to get outside and to do some great things. Thanks so much, you guys. Thanks, Kathy. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have. And as always, we'd love for you to share an iTunes review or a Stitcher review. These reviews help other parents to find the podcast. And just want to thank you for your time and for listening. We couldn't do this without you. We appreciate your feedback. And we also appreciate you sharing the podcast on your social channel. So thank you to everybody that's doing that. And we'll continue to give sh shout outs in the future. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.